0: So without further ado, it honors me today of the shepherd of this flock to introduce you, God's man of the hour. He's coming in great power. Welcome him, the Reverend Steve Jacobs. I can stand up and declare the word of God but to do it here at home is an honor and a privilege uh, let me say it's been a trying week uh, for me in the, in the spirit this week I tell you uh, dealing with some things this week dealing with hospitals uh, lost a co-worker this week unexpected a good friend a ripe age of 37 leaves a wife and three small little girls that, that, that tugged at my heart still is tugging at my heart but God is still good Amen. he's still good he's, he will keep us he'll, he'll sustain us yes, he will. through all trials and tribulations and my father used to say on many occasions that I don't know what I'm going to go through in this life but I don't think I'm going to go through what Job went through he said, but if I do, God's going to deliver me like he delivered you. Come on now. That's my faith, too. I don't know what I'm going to go through, but I'm holding on to him. Come on, yeah. uh, Pastor, if it be all right, I, there's some requests. I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, uh, few in our presence here asked me if I would to try to sing an hymn. I'm going to attempt to uh, always try to honor requests. Uh, Don't never know when they're going to see the last of them or they might see the last of me. Death is a certain thing. It's going to come for us. And that's a terrible thing. But the most terrible thing about death, if death comes and you're not ready, you have no testimony. I tell you, Brother Vincent had a testimony. They're going to lay the body to rest today, but the soul has been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Is going back to him. Amen. This old hymn here, uh, Brother John, I'm like, about like Brother Terry now. I can't read music. I don't know what's A and B or C, but but the, uh, the former sight the brother said, I think you're going to sing that one in a high A. Well, I don't know what a high A is. I'll just say like the old people, just, you know, if you can't find that, just find me. But since I've got put on the spot today, I'm going to put you on the spot. This is, this is a song that's got a, a group participation. All right. you know, I, I told you many times, I find no fault in Jesus because he's all right. That's right. But this is the name of this song, I Find No Fault in Jesus. It's an old hymn my dad and, and the brotherhood used to sing at the church. So I, when I sing a little bit of that, I'm just going to sing a chorus or two of it. But when I sing the main chorus, I want you to bring up the rear and say, he's all right. All right. That's I want you to say it by faith now, yeah. with conviction. Yeah. Church, I find no fault in Jesus. Right. You know I find no fault in Jesus. You know he's Mary's baby You know he's Mary's baby Church I find no fault in Jesus You know I find no fault in Jesus You know he healed my body You know He healed my body Church, I find no fault in my Jesus You know I find no fault in Jesus You know He's the Resurrecting Savior You know He's the Resurrecting Savior Church, I find no fault in Jesus. You know, I find no fault in Jesus. Oh, he's all right. He's all right. I found no fault in him. Amen. (laughs) As many times I could find fault in myself. But I found no fault in Jesus. A lot of people try to blame other people for their mistakes. I'm a firm one. I earn up on my mistakes. But thank God when I found him, I was in my inconfections, imperfect state. But when I met the righteous God and Savior, he changed my life. Now the outward appearance of my body is still imperfect but what is perfect is what he has put right here in my soul but there's going to be one day one day Paul said we're going to take off all this corruptness and put on that incorrupt man I miss my loved ones but that's not my bizarre when I get to heaven as the pastor said, I got all eternity to get caught up with them. The first one I want to see who died for me. Amen. <laughs> Scripture I'm going to be coming from today will be from the book of Acts. It's been about 10 years since I preached from this chapter. It's Acts chapter 16. Now, it's not the same scripture. I just said it's the same book. I think the last time I preached out this scripture, I ended up having to run my first revival. And I asked the pastor, just out of curiosity, I was excited to being able to run my first revival. And I said, uh, well, who am I running it with? He said, you're looking at him. I said, my first revival and I got to run it by myself. I, was, I, I don't know if I was willing, willing, willing at the time, but I was going to try. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anytime I get an opportunity to get up here to declare the word of God, I tell you, it's not laborsome to me, but it's a pleasure to me. All right. man, when I go to work sometimes, especially here lately. They've been working me with a new project. I tell you, I'm taking my shift and some other people's shift. And uh, it's tiresome on the old body but when I come and declare the word of God it's a pleasure 16th chapter acts a very familiar story starting around the 25th chapter I'll be reading 25 through 27 the word of God reads like this and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Ah! I left off, Sister Linda, I'm sorry. 28 added to this. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we all are here. You may be seated in the presence of God. If I have a title to this message today, It would be breaking the strongholds. Stronghold. Yeah. Now, many that probably would research stronghold, they would probably say, why in the world would you want to break a stronghold? Right, right. Well, in the English, English language, uh, the noun part of it would be a, a place that had been fortified. In other words, a place to protect itself against the attack. In other words, something like a castle. But, but that's not the stronghold I'm speaking of today. Now, there's another meaning that says it's a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended and upheld. Come on, son. Well, now that's where we want to get at today. Because in the biblical sense, you got negative strongholds and you got positive strongholds. All right. I believe there's strongholds, whether it be in life or in your Christian life. They're the type of strongholds that is self-inflicted in our lives. There are things that we take upon or things that me might get as believers decide that you're going to dabble in and think you got it under control without the help of God. In that sense, when that stronghold clamps around your life, And you said, I got this thing under control. That's where you begin to deceive yourself. That's where it begins to become a parasite that is hooked onto you and begins to drain the life out of your life. Now there's another stronghold that you're not going to even have no control over. That as a Christian, you're going to have to deal with it. As you see right here in this chapter here that these boys had a stronghold that was put upon them. They didn't, call it, they didn't ask for it to come upon them. But the simple fact that stronghold is going to come to you just like it come to them when you have that walk with Christ. Otherwise, there's two strongholds in life. The stronghold that you have as a Christian other words, believing in what you believe in, which is Jesus Christ, your Lord, and steadfast in believing in what you believe in. And then you got Satan that has a stronghold that's going to try to come and pull yours apart. Before I get into the message, I ain't got no electronic thing that I printed. This just come off the top of my head. But I want you to realize what these boys, I want you to pass this around. Maybe By the time you pass it around, I'll be through preaching. I want you to get the realization in your mind what these boys were going through. Yeah. Yeah. You got to realize that if you're going to serve Christ, they're going to be strongholds in your life. Things you don't want that's going to attack you. Things that you don't need that's going to pull you down like a weight. I come by to tell you though, there's strongholds Right now, that's pulling our churches down. That's stopping our relationship like it should, and our worship in this place that we call the church. All these strongholds is pulling us down and preventing us to run this race the way it should be run. Paul said, I take off all these weights that hinder me from running this thing. I come by to tell you that five pounds is not a lot of weight. But if you put five pounds on your back and carry it all day, there's going to be a tug and a pull. Yeah. There's going to be a torsion on the body before the day's out. You believe that? So you got to break loose all those strongholds. Some of the strongholds that we have that's pulling down the churches is the stronghold of homosexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Other words, LGBT. Right. I remember back in 2016 that, that the NBA commissioner Made the announcement says if North Carolina don't change the LBGT law, then we're not gonna have the all-stars here in Charlotte in 2017. Those people at that time, Brother Khan, was actually steadfast to what their belief in, their stronghold. But something happened between 2016 and 2019. There's something really happened there because 2019 this year, the All Stars was there in Charlotte. You know what happened there? In 2016 to 2019, there's a stronghold called greed. Because I think they said it predicted that it would be 100 million dollars that was coming revenue to the city of Charlotte. But I come by to tell you that that's the problem. With well, people in the church today, the stronghold of greed is one of them. Right, right. There's a lot of people say we got to exist yeah, yeah. with this. Come on, son. I come by to tell you, if you got to exist with this, you got to live with this. Come on, yeah. You might exist with this, but you got to live with the Word of God. Yeah, word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another stronghold that that's been pulling down churches is adultery. From the words of Brother Stephen Condes, we're living in a times that that basically people would rather have a pastor that's had that spirit of flirtatiousness. That in other words, he wants to mess with someone else other than his wife. Instead of him being devoted into the word of God. They'd rather have that than what people call being married twice. A man that's devoted to the Scripture that is willing to do the will of God. They'd rather have someone like that than to have someone that's devoted. There's a stronghold there that's stopping these churches. Another stronghold that we're dealing with is the stronghold of jealousy. I can sing better than you. I can preach better than you. I come by to tell you, just to reiterate the words that the pastor just got through saying, he said, be yourself. When I got called to preach, the words he told me was, he said, brother, there ain't nobody wanting to see another Emmanuel. There'll never be another Emmanuel Jacobs. He says, God's done and called him on. He says, if you can set just Stephen Jacobs, you'll be all right. I can promise you one thing. When I walk into a place to declare the word of God, before I leave it, they're going to realize there might be similarities of my father in me. I can't help that because his blood is within my soul and within my body, flows through it. But there's one thing you're going to realize when I leave, that it's going to be Steve preaching the word of God. Well, how God would have me to preach it, I'm going to preach it not by popularity of man. The stronghold of vanity is one of the ones that's pulling our church down. In other words, we're seeing more of man than we're seeing of God. Spirit of vanity, I want to be seen. I come by to tell you that I got called for ministry was the last thing that I wanted. If I could have sat back there and played a guitar somewhere, I'd have been fine. Let me be in the background. But there's some got to have that vanity look. It's a stronghold that a lot of people don't realize they're carrying, but it's pulling them down like a parasite. That spirit of vanity. I come by to tell you that you're not going to be able to draw no one with your appearance. I come by to tell you that you're not going to be able to draw no one with your special kind words. It's going to take you putting God first and and putting him in front of you, and walking behind him, and let him do people do the drawing of people under his anointing. Hallelujah! Yes, sir. Amen, yes, sir. I thought thought it was kind of ironic that God called this message to me because I'm a prime candidate. Of one that dealt with a, with strongholds for years. I'm talking about a stronghold that pulls you down, that affects things in your life, that'll tear not just you down, but it'll tear your loved ones all around you down. Because you in ministry, everyone's involved around you. Your wife, your your, your, your children, all your connected family. Is part of your ministry. Stronghold depression is tearing our churches down. Ripping them apart. They got this debatable conversation out here about depression. And you, have, you can form your own opinion about it. How you want. They say depression now, a new stage or a new development. Depression is hereditary. I come by to tell you depression is a state of mind, a state of being where you're at. You're depressed because something there ain't right in your life. You're depressed because there's no joy there. You're depressed there because Jesus Christ. You've not given complete control. People say, I'm saved. That's fine. I I ain't saying you're not, but I'm trying to tell you if you're struggling with the stronghold of depression, Something somewhere God has not got control of. I come by to tell you that depression is a strong thing that, that Satan used. No wonder Paul says it's the renewing of the minds, because that's what he does, Brother Carney. He gets up into the minds of people and, and tell them that life is not worth living. But I come by to tell you about a resurrected Savior that, that you will give life into you. Breathe it more upon. Stronghold of lies and deceit. I come by to tell you who you see here is going to be the one who walked out the door. I know I wore many hats. I wore a hat, hat as a minister. I wore a hat as a father, as a husband. I wear a hat as a tech three or a lead man, whatever you want to call it. I have responsibility of of people in their livelihood at work. Uh, When they leave the plant at the five, then I'm responsible for the 50 acres. But I come by to tell you with all those caps that I wear, I'm still gonna be Steve. I won't be one different at the plant that I come out here. My God, I tell you there's some people that come and praise God. Right in this place, and, and they get out on the work side, and they're just nothing but the devil. I'm just going go ahead and tell you there's nothing about them that has Christ like in them. I'm going to be the same one. When I get excited here, I can get excited at work. There's times that I get out there on the line sometimes, and they hear somebody whooping and hollering and yeah. said, Who is that? I, I said, It's me out here singing. That's praising God. I'm going to be the same person here yeah. as I am there. Lies and deceits. When God knows everything, you're not going to hide nothing from Him. One that's struggling in our churches too. People say, "Well, that, that that's just." I don't know if I can say that's just going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the stronghold of pornographic images. One that we overlook will pull you down. If God don't have control of everything in your life, you know what the enemy's doing? He's looking for your weakest chain. Young converts that got saved, there's some in here. I'm going to tell you something, and you probably already experienced it. When you got saved, he said nothing happened anyway. And the first attack that he'll do in your life is he's going to attack whatever you struggled with before you come to God. Man, if you struggle with alcohol, he's going to come with you at it. You saved. You struggled with women, men, he's going to come at you at it. Struggle with men, women, it's going to come. That's his job. But listen, Paul and Silas, having done the right thing, but receiving the wrong outcome. How many of us ever done the right thing and just received the wrong outcome? I mean, you've done the right thing, Sister Mary, but but you received the wrong outcome. That's a clear indication you're on the right road. A clear indication. Listen, but I can't tell you how to deal with your strong outcome as far as how you handle it. But I can say one thing by reading the description. That prayer brings deliverance. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, he said, For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So yeah, strongholds sometimes need to be torn down, not built up. The only thing in your life that's a stronghold that should be building up is your salvation and relationship with Christ. If that is getting built up, then all the rest of that has no bearing on you. He can try to attack Brother Carl. But the power of God keeps him away. Here's what you need to do today, church when you're dealing with strongholds you ought to be willing to shake your fleshly doors open where your spiritual man can come in are you hearing me shake your fleshly doors open and let your spiritual man come in man on Sunday mornings when you lay down and get up and it's time to come to church don't allow the fleshly prison to keep you in there. What you got to allow is let the flat, the spiritually man break through those doors and give you the desire to get up to the, come to the house of God. I come by to tell you there's a minute time I've got off work on night shift and, and there's times I've had appointments after working 12 hours. My body could not hardly stand up. But when I got to the house and took that shower and had a little talk with Jesus, I'm about to tell you that I had that renewed strength to make it to the house of God. The body felt weak, but the spiritual man took over, and the body had to carry on. Come on yeah. If the spirit man goes, the body has to go. But the spirit man has to be before the body, not the body before the spirit That's man. Right. That's right. That's right. Paul and Silas. Possibly sitting in about a foot and a half of waist, bound with chains. You've seen the picture that's going around. Uh, possibly sitting down. you got to remember the scripture said they were in the, the inner part yeah. of the jail. Right, Pastor? With right. research, a lot of those cities that the inner prison sit at, it was at in the middle of the town. And guess what happened? Like the pastor said, Cole, guess what else was happening there? Everybody and all their waste went down in it. So there's been some commentary said that Paul and Silas might have had wooden clamps across their foot, shackles here, waist up to their chest. I'm talking about not just throwing away waste. I'm talking about human waste. Yeah, come on. Now, most of us, no, I ain't even going to say most of us will get in that situation because a lot of us right now are starting to whine and complain if somebody talks about us. <laughs> well, I'm trying to tell you that Paul and Silas never whined or whimpered in their circumstances. For the bottom line is the reason why they never whined and whimpered. They had an inner joy inside of them. Amen. Amen. See, that's the difference between joy and happiness. See, happiness is good in pleasant circumstances. But joy of God comes within. And it is a gift Thank you, Lord. that is available by the Christian. Do you understand what joy is? Man, That joy is the power. Why in the world does Satan try to pull your joy away? It's your power. It's your strength of your Christianity. Nehemiah 8 and 10 said the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's just strength this morning. It's the joy of God. That's, that's the only reason why they could set in that that pile of feet is stirring and still praising God. But you got people that sitting in pews on the church they not raise their hands and, yeah. and praise God. But these yeah. men are, are down in the inner prison and praising God in the cold without any heat. Well, yeah. No food. Praising the Lord. How is that possible? Because joy brings you through the undifficult circumstances in life. Joy is going to hold you when cancer comes, when happiness is going to leave you. Joy is going to hold you when a rare heart disease comes. Happiness is going to leave you. There's times in our life when things come in our life, you've got to catch it right then and there by faith and said, uh-uh. God's going to deliver me. 2009, my wife came into the house with a pile of papers and put up there and said, this is what the doctor said I had. I went to reading all those papers and it was a rare heart disease that only one out of 1500 would get. And basically what it was is Wolf parkinsons white syndrome. If you kept that thing, what it would do, your heart would stop and start, stop and start to one day it stop and won't start no more. When I read that thing, I threw those papers over there. I said, "I ain't going to confess of it." She said, "What do you mean you ain't going to confess of it?" That's what the doctor I said, "That's what the doctor said that you had" But I didn't sit there and tell her, "Say I know a man." I said, "I'm going to tell you about a man that's going to deliver you." I didn't say I knew him. I said, "But I know a man that's going to deliver you." By then and there, in that split split instance, I had to grab by faith and believe what could be done before the spirit of fear comes and turns my faith down. Yeah. That's what you got to do in life. Just when that circumstance comes in there, Sister Murray, you got to grab it by faith and say. I'm going to believe in you, God, that you're going to heal it. And then that fear, as the worship song says, that fear is your love. Ain't got a chance. What is greater than the love of God? But, you know, instead of these men... These men cursing the men that done them wrong, what did they do? They praised God. Praise God. They weren't they were they were That's another one that people struggle with a stronghold. I, I thought of just mentioning I thought of a story that that went wrong with when you're talking about cursing. A few years ago, I went to the mechanic shop, picked my car up, going to pick my car up. This elderly gentleman walked in there and told Dustin, said, son, I said, boy, you got my car ready. I said, Yes, sir. He said, All right now. You better have it right or I'm gonna kick you. You can fill in the blanks. When that elderly gentleman left, I looked at Dustin, I said, Boy, that, that old man's rough, ain't he? He said, Who are you talking about, the preacher? I said, boy, God, he must have a stronghold with a potty mouth. I said, what in the world? Come on now. I, I ain't trying to be judgmental, but what I was doing, I was, I was looking at that fruit. I didn't want none of that fruit. Now, I'm not your judge, but I am a fruit watcher. Man, I want to live the life that somebody can pick the fruit off my tree and eat Man, I've, I've met saints that I ain't said that I'll put my faith in them, but I said I have met saints in my life that if I had a choice, my brother, I'm going to have my choice of, 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 of trusting God, but I've seen saints in my life that I could put my salvation on their testimony. Right. Get what I'm saying? Yep. They're not perfect, but their life that they live, Brother Khan, I could put my salvation on their testimony. Right. Question yourself today. Can you allow someone to put their salvation on your testimony? Can you live the life Then I know it's not important after we leave here? It shouldn't even really matter what anybody's going to say or whatever about you. But the bottom line, if you leave this life, can people still be talking about you of the good things? That's right, that's right. Get what I'm saying? Yes, good God Almighty, we still talking about these boys and how long has this been? Yeah. Still talking about Paul and Silas. Look how long that's been. Look how long that's been. Here's the key. God's word is the greatest weapon because it's the sword of the Spirit. You know, Jesus himself quoted now when he was tempted to 40 days and 40 nights with no food. He said, Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, what was Jesus saying there? Well, Jesus was throwing back a reminder. Back in Deuteronomy, I think it's around the 8th chapter, maybe the 3rd verse, somewhere around there. He was giving them a reminder that he allowed hunger to come upon the children of Israel in the desert. That they would have no other choice but to receive, receive the manna from heaven. Some things in your life God will allow to get the riches from heaven. Because if we turn, turn us loose on our own, we tend to go astray and get blind to those things. But listen here. The prisoners was listening to these men of God when they began to worship. Man, there ain't no doubt. Now, I don't think they ever heard anything else like that in those brutal prison walls. What are you trying to say, preacher? We need to break out of this place and get in the walls that ain't never heard praise. There's some people ain't even gonna never see a church not they see me and you. That's right. We need to get out into these walls. That's never heard a testimony, that's never heard people praising God and get the word of God out, get his love out. People need to hear that. But, you know, here's something that kind of come to me, boy, I said, about this earthquake. Now, it had to be supernatural, Pastor. Now, they didn't have nothing to measure that earthquake out there with at that time. But guess what this earthquake done? It done specifics. Most earthquakes, man, when it hits, you talk about doors shaking up, man, it's going to bring the roof and all down. What did it do? <laughs> cook God Almighty. He just broke the doors open and popped the shackles off. cook. <laughs> That couldn't be nothing but the supernatural. But God. Yeah. The vibration of the Holy Spirit moved in that prison and shut the shackles off. I come by to tell you that if you're bound this morning with a stronghold, if you're bound this morning with a spiritual shackle, turn to Christ. He's the one that can shake them loose this morning. Right. Right. I come by to tell you not only is he a chain breaker, but he's a prison door shaker. He will break it open for you this morning. That's, right. yeah. That's Jesus Christ. He would do it. Listen to what he said about the jailer. Now you got to remember why the jailer wanted to actually kill himself. Because in Roman law, man, you're responsible for those prisoners. That's right. Now the Bible didn't specifically say what his punishment would be, but I would assume since he was taking a sword to him that he basically was going to be death for him anyway. He just decided he was going to choose his way out. So, but listen, what Paul said. Paul turned around and said, "Listen, assured the sailor, the jailer, ain't no one escaped. We all here. See now, Paul and Silas could have probably looked at this jailbreak." As a great miraculous thing that was done by God. They'd have just up and left. But what the reason why they hung around was is something we need to take in effect with our Christian lives. Their lives were more important than them trying to get out. Are you getting this? As the pastor said, are 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 you getting this? you got to realize that people's lives that is lost and undone is more important than your everyday schedule. See, a lot of us don't want to break up our everyday schedule to get the will of God done a lot of times. I just pray for you when, uh, you know, when it's convenient to me. Man, that ain't Christ-like. you got to get the mindset as Paul and Silas of preaching the gospel and showing the love of Christ. You've got to get the mindset to realize that you were once there. That's all you've got to do is roll back the curtains and realize the condition that you was in and how you felt. And I can promise you one thing, you'll have a yearning of going out for unsaved souls. My dad said on one occasion, he says, I'm so, so concerned about the loss, not just my kids. He said, but others. Now, that was said on a conviction because he wanted to see them come in. That's us, we, we, we got to get the strongholds broken, our young people. Man, they're going through a lot. They're going through a lot, Brother Tedrick. More than I ever had to go through. You got a lot of them that's dealing with unbroken homes. You got a lot of them that's, that's dealing with, with seeing things they shouldn't ever see as a five-year-old or six-years-old. It's some five or six-years-old know more than I knew when I was 12 years old. But there's got to be a concern of the loss. See, the circumstances that they were in, just imagine you were there in their circumstance. Then all of a sudden the jail broke loose. The circumstances would say escape. But the love of Christ, the joy that they had in their lives, they were compelled to stay. But this hardened keeper of the prison, they ran and fell down trembling at Paul and Silas's feet. In other words, falling on a conviction. You know why he was falling up on a conviction? Because this man was affected by the love and grace demonstrated by Paul and Silas. That's why he was concerned more about that than he was the earthquake. He had done forgot about the earthquake. But my mind rolls back over in the first chapter, or 1 Samuel, the 22nd chapter. How David went to the cave of Adalim, Adalim, Adulim. Now, you got to remember now, before then, David was at Gath. He was on a spiritual high. Then all of a sudden, just like that, he didn't come off the mountaintop. And went to hiding in the cave. Now David couldn't go to Samuel. He couldn't go to Jonathan. He couldn't even go to the house of God. And he said, Preacher, what's this got anything to do with the stronghold? What has this got anything to do with this sermon? He had a stronghold too that just hit him. You know what it was? Stronghold of fear. That stronghold of fear will cause you to miss out on a lot of blessings. The stronghold of fear will prevent you from doing the will of God. I know I've been there. The fear of not standing up and doing what God would ask you to do. The stronghold of fear will cause you to get a whipping. (laughs) More than your mom and daddy could whip you from God. Stronghold of fear will mi- will cause you to miss on a lot out on a lot of healing, because you've allowed it to tear down your faith. A stronghold of fear will cause you not to get your loved ones in, because you're afraid to go talk to them about the love of Christ. Sure. Worrying about popularity, mm-hmm. when you need to be worrying about the popularity of Christ. Don't worry about the popularity of man. But that cave, what the name of that cave means, I realize now why David went to it. It means refuge. Sometimes you got to get alone. Even though he battled with the spirit of fear, but he had to get alone and deal with it with God. But I come by to tell you, if you got a stronghold of he'll deliver you. I come by to tell you, if you, if you don't realize that you're struggling today, but whatever circumstances that you have, you need to turn it over by faith to Christ. I come by to tell you today, who are you talking about is going to deliver you? I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Now, right now, I realize in this place right now, there's strongholds that are pulling down marriages. I'm just telling you. There's strongholds preventing a lot of us to do the will of God like we should. You're at the right place today to get delivered from Lord. You're talking about the man from Nazareth is going to come by and deliver you. Who else you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ. I'm talking about he's the great elect this morning, pastor. He's the deliverer from all what you're going through. Amen. He's the king of the earth this morning, believe it or not. He'll work you through it. He's the precious cornerstone. Hey man, I realized this morning that he's the great morning star. On, I realized that Jesus Christ is he just a man, just a person, but he's just one that has rose from the grave for you and I this morning. Yeah, yeah. I come by to tell you if you're struggling with a hardship this morning, that's a stronghold. If you're struggling with finances this morning, that's a stronghold of finances. But I come by to tell you, it's Jesus Christ that's going to come and break you loose from it this morning. He's the only one. You can't do it on your own power. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to break you through it this morning. I come by to tell you this, he's the very Christ. Amen. That's what Paul said in Acts, that he is the very Christ, the only one that can bring you through it. He's the light of the Gentiles. He's everything to me this morning. What about you? Praise God. I'm finishing up. Don't leave out of this place. You can come on, bro, John. Don't leave out of this place. <coughs> and carry that weight with you.